Hi, this is Hadassah for Deborah's Court, and it's a delight to welcome you back to this episode of our Book by Book Bible study. We're in the Book of Acts, and this is the episode where we get into Acts chapter 4. Let's start off with prayer. Dear God, we ask that as we look into your word, you will show your word to us, you will teach us from your heart. You will open our ears to hear what we need to hear. You will open our understanding to accept your leading, your nudging, your instructions. And you give us the grace to actually do so that we're not just readers and hearers of your word, but also doers that we will be your children, spirit and in truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's get right into it. Acts chapter 4. I'm going to start by reading the passage and, you know, pop up the lessons as we go on, right? Verse 1. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. Verse 2. The leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So um, in chapter 3, we had seen the story of the man who was born lame and was always carried to the temple to beg. And then, you know, he met Peter and John and he got healed. And, you know, after that healing, it was a very public healing. It's also something that happened in the hidden or in the upper room and then they came out to tell people it was in the temple it happened in front of a number of people and you know this was somebody that had been lame from birth so it was typically like well known everybody knows that that is the man that used that was that is lame in both feet and used to beg at the temple and it was healed and rather strikingly and i find this correlation very amusing because it just showed that over the years like almost four years has passed but the pharisees and sadducees were still the pharisees and sadducees if you remember in the gospels when um you know jesus was alive on earth in active ministry there was this woman who had a crooked arm right and she came into the temple and jesus saw her and had compassion like how would one child that god made be suffering like this not unable to use an arm that god gave to her and jesus asked her to stretch her hand and her hand was you know made whole and the pharisees and sadducees they did not see the beauty of the healing they did not see the amazing part of a person who had been suffering just you know stepping to their healing they were upset that it happened on the sabbath day and that blatant you know um should i call it a disregard for human life and comfort and a sense of kindness to other human beings is so pervasive that it went with them from that time now this is many years later jesus has suffered he has been crucified he has died he has resurrected he has ascended back to heaven now we're dealing with the disciples and you know they encountered a lame man something very similar person has been lame from birth um they had the opportunity to heal the heal the person because hey it's a lot more important that human beings are well there's a way paul puts it um later in the bible when he says i am um, god desires that um you being 
good health and that you enjoy your life that was misquoted like that was paraphrased yeah that was not the exact word but you know there's that desire to have other people flourish and have good lives that trait was still missing from the generality of the um pharisees and sadducees of this um religious leaders of israel i don't want to call them spiritual leaders because they're obviously not spiritual but let's not judge and let's not hate right and this man got healed everybody is celebrating the whole of jerusalem is agog but my darling leaders were very disturbed scripture says they were very disturbed like are you kidding you've got to be kidding me and like literally i just took it as a you know a standpoint a yardstick if the things of god disturbs you you need to check yourself honestly i would say that that is a very reliable yardstick to measure whether or not you have slipped out of christ and its complacency and religiosity like it's a very very easy way to know to see because it's one thing if you have a grudge against god for whatever reason and you know we can delve into that on some other episode at some other time but if it bothers you that another person has a new lease of life an opportunity to have a better life experience because god met with them you need to check yourself that's all i'm going to say on the matter please let's go back to the bible chapter 4 verse 5 the next day the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in jerusalem my god and as the high priest was there along with kaf um i'm sorry i think i murdered that along kathas john alexander and other relatives of the high priest they brought in the two disciples and demanded by what power or in whose name have you done this interesting verse 8 then peter filled with the holy spirit said to them rulers and elders of our people we are we being questioned today because we have done a good deed for a crippled man valid question now that's my opinion um scripture continues and says do you want to know how it was healed let me clearly state to all of you and to all of the people of israel that it was healed by the powerful name of jesus christ the nazarene the man you crucified but whom god raised from the dead for jesus is the one who is referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone there is salvation in no one else god has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved and i must say that is an interesting answer i'll get into why it's interesting in um just a little bit of time but let's go on verse 13 the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of peter and john for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures they also recognized them as men who had been with jesus but since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them there was nothing the council could say so they ordered peter and john out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves okay i have to say this number one the holy spirit lends you a special brand of courage and boldness that's no life coach personal brand coach or whatever coach it is you want to hire can hunt you i'm saying this as a person who is a coach 
myself i work with clients you know we're defining personal brands we're defining corporate brands we are clarifying messages and distilling visions and putting them to words and you know working with people through self-awareness and helping them build life systems and environments that work for them and you know pushing them into healing and saying okay you need therapy you need to get to go therapy and all that and i will say this confidently i've seen both sides of the work i and i would say this personally and i think i'm going to start like actually being more vocal and upfront with this disclaimer there is nothing that can be compared with the work of the holy spirit does with you in you and for you i mean it's great to do all those things invest in yourself by all means put the resources on when god gives you a vision to run with put the resources you need to put inside so that you can clarify it properly execute it properly he didn't send you to suffer he sent you to work work is not the same as stress so yes you need to clarify you need to learn proven strategies you need to test things out you need to walk in obedience and all of that but my darling there is nothing that can be compared when the holy spirit enters your matter peter and john did not have any kind of formal training do you remember this they were fishermen when jesus said come follow me i will make you fishers of men they were fishermen simon peter had a boat that you know they had gone out to fish all night and they didn't catch anything and you know they had come back and jesus borrowed their boat to teach and when it was done he said okay cast out your net and catch fish and they're like there's no fish but we'll cast it out that is the story of how peter came to follow jesus he was a fisherman he didn't have formal training john was a fisherman john was the one that you know abandoned his father and the nets and everything and follow jesus jesus said uh follow me and i'll make you fishers of men right and they left everything family fishing business and all and they followed jesus so it's not like they were educated men and these were these people just by virtue of the fact that they walked with jesus they became born again they got saved they were baptized with the holy spirit now this is funny they walked with jesus so they had received an embryo of the word they had been exposed to the word and all of that they saw his death crucifixion resurrection they believed in him as jesus son of god as their lord as their savior but if you remember at the time of jesus death and you know suffering peter was still denying jesus because he could not afford to be seen to be identified as a person of jesus but the holy spirit hits them at pentecost and these people are healing people in the temple and looking at religious leaders did you see the pedigree the high priest and the high priest relatives all of the rulers and the elders of the people and the teachers of religious law all of them came together and these two men stood and looked these people in the eye and said okay your discomfort is now a problem because jesus is the one that did this and we choose to believe in jesus he said and i'm like wow what a transformation the holy spirit is a work of miracles so yeah do the work but remember like the holy spirit is still your best bet right so yes really lean into that resource and if you're not yet tapping it you need to be tapping it you need to be tapping like see like free just like that the holy spirit is amazing it's like your 
your your incomparable secret advantage in any situation but yeah let's let's get back into the word right right okay so in verse 16 this man you know the council of chamber the council um, members they're conferring uh, among themselves verse 16 what should we do with this man they asked each other we cannot deny they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in jerusalem knows about it i find it interesting that their religious leaders with their first um default action was to gaslight the entire city and pretend as if the healing that happened in, the temple in front of everybody's eyes did not just happen but oh, okay no problem now imagine their next steps um verse 17 it says but to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further we must warn them not to speak to anyone in jesus name again so they called the apostles back in and commanded them never to speak or teach in the name of jesus and i find this intriguing again another display of how they did not value human beings because rather than see another person healed or excited about god you know they're willing to say never speak in the name of jesus again one would think that with the way they hate crippled people and people that you know have disabilities and people that they think are less than them one would think they would be enthusiastic to have these people have a chance to be healed to be changed so that they don't have to endure that anymore but it just goes to show you that it's not the disability or whatever they have a problem with it's people themselves that they have a problem with so if you and this is just for you if you feel shamed or let down or disadvantaged or shamed by a group of people because of one disability or the other or something you struggle with just know that it's not you is them they're the problem it's not you okay yeah but let's go back to scripture i really love um, peter and john's response peter and john's response from verse 19 says but peter and john replied do you think god wants us to be you rather than him we cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard verse 21 the council then threatened them further but finally let them go because they did not know how to punish them without starting a riot for everyone was praising god for this miraculous sign the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years and um so if you're looking for biblical proof that people can be leaders in church in religious bodies and not be spiritual this is your proof everybody said miracle i was praising god but the so-called religious leaders were trying to shut it up and make sure it never happens again just so you know so just because a person calls himself a man of god does not really make them a man of god spirituality and religiosity are not the same thing a person led of the spirit when a person is led of the spirit you would know for example even the religious leaders could identify that there was something different about peter and john and so if you are ever in doubt and you're wondering and you're questioning you just know that um a person led of the spirit will always value the human soul human beings the person the creation the people got created over some laws or doctrines they will always value that and they will always walk by the spirit and by god's instructions rather than their own ego right yeah so that's like aside the point but it's a good thing to know i just keep on hand well also i want to point out that in case you didn't notice mob action has been around for a long 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 time 
The only thing that held the council back in this scenario was because they were afraid of mob action. They were afraid of starting a riot. That's the only thing that held them back. It takes assurance and being settled in God's instructions to not run around if you're the mob. So, yeah, keep that in mind as well. Right? Let's get back into it, verse 23. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to all the believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayers to God and said, O Lord God, O Sovereign Lord, Creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why are the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through us in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. My God. Like, if there is one thing that I am taking away from this passage, right, it is that when you get stuck and lost and you don't know what else to do, pray the word. Get back into scripture and pray the word of God. Talk to him. You know you're not praying amiss. You know you're not going astray. You're not saying anything. And it does your soul a lot of good to remember the things God has already said. So pray the things God has said to you. Pray the things that are written in the Bible. Pray the word over and again. Pray it back to him. That is like a legitimate standing. So maybe, of course, we don't live perfect lives. We try and we try and lean into the strength of the Holy Spirit to walk in holiness and live a righteous life and make good choices and all of that. We're leading, you know, trying to live the life of Christ. But we're not perfect. We're human beings, right? So if you're trying to go to God on the basis of the strength of um, how good your life is, so to speak, so to speak you might not have a leg to stand on you might always worry that's good enough and all of that but we know that he honors his word above every other thing his word is his bond so carry the word and pray back to him and just know that just know that for sure for sure you can never ever miss it okay so another major thing from this section is that when you ask for support God comes through. God comes through. God comes through. Like, I mean, it, it just comes through. It gets that you don't have it all figured out. Your human being is God. So we need his help to live a God kind of life. Right? And let's look at the rest of the chapter from verse 32. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. 
the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the lord jesus and god's great blessing was upon them all there was there were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need for instance there was joseph the one the apostles nicknamed barnabas which means son of encouragement he was from the tribe of levi and came from the island of cyprus he sold the field he owned and brought the money to the apostles so we see there that you know one thing i'm going to say from here is that true encounters yield real life effects changes in the way you live your life so it's not just uh, um the power of God fell upon me mightily and I fell or I jumped or I was rolling on the floor or I didn't have control of my tongue and da, 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 da. funny thing is these things actually they can be proof that God met with you more often than not if you have an encounter your body will react in ways that um, you know is beyond your control this is not to say that you cannot have encounters without a physical manifestations and for example you know you sit with the word you read the word you learn from the word you wrote down you had you know you learned from the word you had things to write down and document or you you read the word and you found an answer to a life problem something you need to solve or move past or move beyond or stuff like that right if you have that that is an encounter and is as valid as the one where the power of the spirit sweeps you up sweeps you off your feet takes control of your tongue and all of that but what i will often say is that the actual proof of an encounter one that you preserve and you steward is in changes to the way you live your life sometimes it's in boldness to do some things you will not have dared to do before sometimes it's in it's in clarity and the grace and empowerment to go and obey but a true encounter shifts the way you live your life it shifts the way you live your life and that's that's like the the proof and i think that's one of the reasons why you know jesus said don't just be here somebody that just hears and listens and gathers the word without going to do it you gotta work on it you have to put it to work you have to put it to use you have to apply it true encounters yield real life effect and that's on you so so as we're studying the word if something jumps out at you that you know you need to do please make sure you do it as it jumps out at you in the process of reading the word write it down so that you don't forget or type it out or set your reminder or whatever but make sure make sure make sure that you go ahead and you go ahead and do it i hope this has blessed you we've come to the end of chapter four i will see you in the next episode have a beautiful day Thank you.